Hey, it's Nathan, and this is day 71 of the Bible in 90 Days. We're in the book of Matthew, chapters 5 through 15. Chapter 5, by the way, a chapter well worth reading, along with the next two chapters, 6 and 7. These three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, are essential to the Jesus story containing a single mountainside teaching regarding the kingdom which Jesus is inviting people into. The first lines of the chapter contain what are often referred to as the Beatitudes. These declarations of blessing are directed towards the poor in spirit, the mournful, the meek, the hungry and thirsty for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, and the persecuted. The chapter continues, comparing Jesus' followers to salt and light, and then Jesus declaring that he has not come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to fulfill them. This is followed by, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus then addresses murder, adultery, divorce, and oath-taking, informing his listeners that these are matters most importantly of the heart, not merely legal code. The final verses of the chapter then address one's relationship to their enemies. I tell you, do not resist an evil person. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Chapter 6, I told you to read this one, and I'll remind you again, it's well worth reading, continues Jesus' sermon, urging the people not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. This instruction was then followed by guidelines on prayer, including the giving of a model prayer, often referred to as the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, Jesus began. After the prayer, he encouraged the people to be generous in forgiving others. This teaching on prayer is followed by brief instructions on fasting. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. The remainder of the chapter provides teaching on one's relationship to things. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is backed up by Jesus' assurance that God will care for those who trust in him, just as God cares for the natural world. Jesus instructs, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Chapter 7. Again, a reminder, read this chapter. Brings us to the end of Jesus' teaching, beginning with a warning. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. Then Jesus invites his followers to ask God for whatever they need, because God gives generously. And then this well-known declaration, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law 
and the prophets. The rest of the chapter is essentially a warning to take seriously the teaching of Jesus and watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Jesus ends his teaching with a parable of two builders, one building on the sand of human teaching, the other on the rock of God's word. The building on sand collapses in the storm, while that on the rock stands firm. Chapter 8 begins with Jesus healing a man of leprosy and then healing a centurion's suffering servant. In the process, Jesus said to the centurion, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Jesus healed many others, including Peter's mother-in-law. After these stories, we find Jesus warning would-be disciples of the cost involved in following him. The scene then turns to a remarkable two-part story. Jesus calming a raging storm that nearly sank the boat in which he slept, and then, upon reaching land, delivering two demon-possessed men from the power of the demons. Chapter 9 begins with Jesus forgiving and then healing a paralyzed man brought to him by the man's friends. Through this miracle, Jesus defended his right as God to forgive sins. Next, Jesus called Matthew while he was sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me. And Matthew did. Shortly after, while at the dinner at Matthew's home, Jesus is accused of associating with tax collectors and sinners. On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Next, John the Baptist's disciples question Jesus' own disciples' lack of fasting. And after this, there are two miracles the raising of a synagogue leader's daughter from the dead, and the healing of a woman who suffered from a bleeding disorder for 12 years. The next healing is of two blind men, and then a demon-possessed man who's mute. The crowd was amazed and said, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, It is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. The final verses in the chapter find Jesus declaring, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. In chapter 10, Jesus sends out the twelve disciples, giving them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. The twelve disciples are listed Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. When going out on this mission, the disciples are to go with what they have, taking nothing extra. As they go, 
They are simply to stay with the people who welcome them. Jesus also warns, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. While they will be compelled to testify in court, they are not to worry because the Holy Spirit will give them the right words. Additional warnings occupy a significant portion of the chapter, yet the final lines offer hope, including this. If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Chapter 11 begins with John the Baptist sending his disciples to ask Jesus a question. Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? After these disciples watch Jesus heal and teach, they are sent back to tell John what they have seen. Along with this, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. After they leave, Jesus speaks highly of John the Baptist, declaring that, if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who was to come. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed because they did not repent. The chapter ends with this invitation from Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Chapter 12 finds Jesus defending the Sabbath after his disciples were accosted for violating a Pharisaic Sabbath regulation. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On that same Sabbath, Jesus healed a man with a withered hand at the local synagogue. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. So Jesus withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him, and he healed all who were ill, and also warned them not to say a word. Next, we find Jesus healing a demon-possessed man and being accused of driving out demons through the power of demons, to which Jesus replied, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. He then rebukes the religious leaders. You brood of vipers! How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. The Pharisees then ask for a sign. And Jesus rebukes them, declaring, Wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. This is followed by additional warnings to them. The chapter ends with Jesus' mother and brothers wishing to see him, to which he replies, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Chapter 13, by the way, a chapter you must read, contains several parables. The first of seed being sown on different soils. The second of weeds being sown in a farmer's field by his enemy. 
the third of a mustard seed, the fourth of yeast, the fifth of hidden treasure, the sixth of a costly pearl, and the seventh of a great net that caught all kinds of fish. Each parable was used to illustrate some important lesson related to the kingdom of heaven. Some are explained, like the parable of the seeds and the one about the weeds, while others are not. The chapter ends with Jesus visiting his hometown and being met with skepticism. Jesus says to the people, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. Tragically, he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Chapter 14 begins with the tragic story of John the Baptist's beheading, an act incited by Herod's illegitimate wife and under the influence of a raucous palace party. Next, we find Jesus feeding a giant crowd, 5,000 men, not to mention the women and children, from only five loaves and two fish. After everyone has finished, 12 baskets of leftovers were collected. The chapter ends with a story of Jesus sending his disciples away by boat, later to get caught in a raging storm. Jesus walked on the water to meet them and then invited Peter to join him on the water. As soon as Peter and Jesus got into the boat, the storm calmed. Chapter 15 begins with Jesus answering the question, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. His response turns into a stern rebuke of the religious leader's blatant hypocrisy. Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Next is the story of Jesus' interaction with a Canaanite woman whose daughter is demon-possessed. The woman's faith amazes Jesus. Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. Following this is the second story of Jesus miraculously feeding a vast crowd of people, 4,000 men besides women and children. They were fed from just seven loaves and a few small fish. Seven baskets of leftovers were collected after the crowd finished. And that's all for today.